The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op, in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com.
today when the chamber asked if I would moderate the Q&A, I had two thoughts. My first thought, of course, was gratitude for the opportunity. My second thought was Mary Alice Demler must have had a prior engagement. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless. Usually I ask Mary Alice to help yes. So I suppose it's fitting for me to be the one asking the questions as the managing editor of the Tribune Sentinel. Questions, as you see on your sheets before you, are going to be in three different categories, and we'll explain that momentarily. But first, we are going to give our elected leaders an opportunity to introduce themselves and share a little bit about what they're working on right now. All right. I'm going to start with you, Rick. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> so. <laughs> If I had the opportunity to give a little PR to Niagara County and talk about a couple programs, uh, I think this would be a, an opportune time. So, as many of you may know, we started the land bank a few years ago. It's still in its infancy, but the one thing that we have done that will affect you or uh, your colleagues is we have entered into an agreement with the DEC. So now the county no longer has liability if we take a property that may be. Uh, maybe a brownfield may be contaminated. And that in the past has been a huge frustration because we've got properties in Niagara County where the owners simply don't pay the taxes because they know the county or the municipality is not gonna come as the foreclosing governmental unit and take that property. We solved that. So now we have a vehicle that we've actually used it successfully. If I, won't, I won't go into it now, but if anyone wants to talk to me afterwards or call me at the office, I can tell you uh, those companies that have used it and how they've used it and how it's benefited them. Uh, also, as far as initiatives, I think uh, I should probably mention that we are working on a 60-acre uh, business park off of Junction Road. We've done the initial engineering studies. Right now we're working on figuring out the infrastructure. Uh, I never realized how complicated it was. I was an attorney. I just figured you just turn on the spigot water and flush the toilet but it turns out there's a lot more to it than that so we're working our way through that but the thing that uh, Buffalo Niagara Partnership identified is one of our biggest challenges in Niagara County is the lack of shovel ready uh, shovel ready land for business which again I that's caught me by surprise didn't occur to me because I didn't understand the importance of relationship with the infrastructure and the location so we're starting with those 60 acres, but we have plans for other parcels coming up. And the other thing I think if we're looking at what is in front of us right now, uh, thank, thank you to our partners at Catholic Health. Uh, you know, we have a new hospital coming online, but in the interim, we have been dealing with working with ambulance service and trying to supplement uh, the volunteers and make sure that uh, you know, we have the response that we need. Uh, I think those are probably the biggest things. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a formal prepared speech for that. Is that, is that what you were looking for? Thank you. Well, I'm not elected, I'm appointed. These are my bosses. So. And you know, Rebecca Wittish, uh, who was from the village of Lewiston, she was going to come at last minute. She's like, guess what? Rick's the, like, Rick drew the short straw, he's coming at my place. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> All right. So, Rick did mention that they made a big investment in the law enforcement. Situated on the campus. So that'll service all the Yes, on the campus of NCCC. That's great. All right. Good afternoon, and thank you, uh, John, Susan, for having me here and for this nice little study. Um, my name is Irene Myers. I'm a legislator out of 
a lot of great things going on here uh, coming up uh, in Youngstown. We're working on a Here Here program along with Aaron Day and historical uh, people from Porter and Youngstown. We're putting together uh, a Here Here program, which is going to tell stories and a lot of uh, present a lot of the history that we have here in our area. So that is one thing we're working on. And uh, Mr. Morabito had touched base on the other thing that we're doing, so I don't want to take away any of your thunder on that project that Ninth County is invested in in NCCC. And also, uh, another thing that we are collaborating with uh, Fort Niagara, as you all know, um, we are going to be celebrating our 250th year celebration here of our great United States and Fort Niagara being very revolutionary and a big part of our American history, putting together a, um, a program for that upcoming venture. So that'll be something, a big celebration that'll be coming down the pipe also. So that's about it. I think I took used like one minute up mm -hmm. and uh, thanks again.
take a dog for a walk, you can go out there just enjoy the property. A lot of people kind of grew up there in Boy Scouting, haven't been there in a lot of years. Please go out there. Uh, we're, we uh, took all the millings for some of the road work we're doing, and we're, we're uh, doing a new, you know, parking lot, we're cleaning up the parking lot up there. So uh, it's a great park, and uh, we're just hoping a lot of people go out and see it. Um, as Bill mentioned, our Lower River Road Park is near completion. Um, we're going to keep adding things uh, annually to that park. Um, if anybody knows how to keep the Canadian geese out of there, I'll talk to you after this little meeting. Um, but other than that, we're probably going to have a ribbon cutting in the next couple of weeks. We've already had the pavilion rented several times this summer, or uh, scheduled to be rented. Um, it's right at Pletcher Road. We drive down the hill. Uh, there's nothing to stop you, but we haven't officially opened it yet. Actually, I have an audit meeting after this to get a financial statement on, on what the town's doing, which has been positive every year. A lot of that is thanks to the county sharing the sales tax with our towns and villages. And nobody would have guessed during COVID we would have had record-breaking sales tax, but it happened. So the town is in good financial shape, and I'm uh, looking forward to improving our parks and uh, keep moving forward. Thank you. One last thing you said about the officials fight over who gets to go first or last. I right? uh, want to thank all of you for having me here. I think this, these are great events. Um, as uh, your state senator Rob Ward, um, I, I attend a lot of these legislative luncheons throughout the year. A lot of times we do them um, in the fall or at the start of the legislative session. We, I know this is your first. Uh, we just completed our legislative session. Um, uh, as all of you should be very glad here um, because there wasn't a ton it was great there was some good things no question there were some local bills but there was some really missed opportunities that impact this area and um, there were some pieces of legislation that i think would be particularly harmful to the people from a business owner perspective um, so we're always angelo and i uh, angelo more and earlier some of are always working on trying to stop more bad things from happening, uh, as well as to get local things across, you know, across the finish line. Two things, I know one of them is in the question here, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but two projects that I, or two areas that I always focus on, one that is uh, sort of more uh, timely is the Casino Compact and the 99H, sort of, uh, I'll, I'll lump both in together. The casino monies that the, the state has gotten of course, that is shared with our localities, uh, and, and there are stakeholders there that get those dollars. The hospital in Niagara Falls, the school district in Niagara Falls, the tourism agency that services the entire county, um, as well as a few other, the Underground Railroad Museum. Uh, Angelo Mornell and I worked tirelessly for months to try and get a bill that we thought could pass, um, and of course, that, uh, along with the entire compact, fell apart, uh, we can give them that during the question. But that is a major issue that I know that the, the judge and I are both 
the obligations, and then you have your district obligations. So when we're in Albany, we can get phone calls and we try and resolve issues. But being here now, my focus is to gather as much information as I can from the stakeholders in Lewiston, from the electeds in Lewiston, from the business people, to bring it back to Albany next year to try and massage some of the things that could be harmful. Uh, Senator mentioned we have been working probably, I would say, at least over a year on the compact. And what most people do not understand is there's two documents. One is the actual agreement between two sovereign nations, Seneca Nation and the state of New York. That agreement is only affects the state and the casino. There's also the second piece of legislation, which is the 99H, which is a piece of legislation that designates where the funds go. The difficulty that is, when they renegotiated uh, the compact, uh, after the last argument with the governor in the lawsuit, they added in there, they took the 99H that affects the entities, and part of it is money that goes from the state to the county. And that's distributed to all the entities that are not hosts to the casino. So that would be Lewiston, some of the other towns in Niagara County. They stopped that part of 99H effective December 31st of this year, which means that none of the stakeholders will share if the compact ever gets done. So that's one of the things that the senator and I are having meetings on. Um, you asked why the tourist agency. Well, the senators didn't pay taxes. But the tourism agency still provides the function and the services, so it's very important for them to share it. They oversee all, all that happens in the county. They work with Jen. So it really is, and then I have to talk bigger than just Lewiston because of my district. But one of the, one of the good things that has happened that has been start showing some benefits is the contract for the conference center was pulled. It wasn't renewed with uh, the company out of Philly. It was given to our local tourism agency. Last year, they showed a profit first time in the history, instead of the city having to keep funding that. That indirectly will help that bring more businesses. With the Discover Niagara Shuttle, we know where most of them come. They come to Lewiston, Youngstown, and the Fort. The Discover Niagara Shuttle now also goes to Lockport, and this year it is starting to go to the Four Mile Creek campgrounds, and it's making stops and uh, Tom Towers and Sanger Farms. So when you talk about the region, you've got the agriculture that we also have to be addressing. So the issues that are out there are more than just uh, some that affect the town of Lewiston or the county of Niagara, but they're much bigger issues. So we have to be aware and alert to both. When you ask what our focus and function is, it's to try and keep the wolf from the door from this area and to keep everyone together. Everyone has different views, so it's very difficult to give you positions. What we try and do is educate you on what is happening and let you make your own decisions. There are things coming out of New York City that are stemmed from the federal government, and it's, it's a fact what is happening. So each of you in this room have to pay attention to what is occurring 
make your own decisions, but be very aware. With that, I'll pass it on. Thank you. Duffy Johnson, Supervisor, Town of Porter. Ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned earlier, and as you may have seen on the sheet as it came in, our questions today are divided into three categories. The first category is going to be for our county and local officials, elected or appointed. Our second series of questions will be for our state officials. And our third and final set of questions will be for the room in general. As Jennifer mentioned, if you're interested in answering a question within your category, please raise your hand and she'll be glad to come around with a microphone for you. Our first question for our county and local officials. Chamber strives to be the driving force behind sustainable economic growth in our community, fostering a vibrant business environment that attracts and retains businesses, generates new jobs, and creates prosperity for our residents. How can we collectively do this better in the community? Putting you on the spot. I'll start with that um, answer. I'm not an elected leader, although sometimes I feel like it. But as a chamber, I can tell you, to start this prompt, we have worked on a strategic plan that is focusing on just what this question is. How can we do better? What, what can we do more to create um, a strong economy for this region and to support our businesses? Our board of directors in the room here have been working hard. We, we have some goals that we're trying to make. We do have the opportunity to work with our elected leaders to make this happen. And we're, we're excited about the year ahead to really hone in on what we can do and keeping conversations open as to how this can happen. Not going to put anybody on the spot here, but if you'd like to help. So, I mean, I want to be positive. So I'll start with the positive, and that is that the people in this room are obviously the people that 
that we want to listen to because as government officials, uh, we have a myriad of experiences, but we don't have the experiences that you have. So we're open to listening to, you know, to what you have to tell us. Um, I think the people in this room, I think, uh, I think we do a great job uh, marketing. We have, we have people here from um, Destination Niagara. I think we have a great DMO working on our behalf. They do an excellent job. I think uh, we have Frank Campbell, who works with our, with our fishing. Uh, I, sport fishing is some of the best sport fishing in the entire country, and I've heard that directly from people that have come in from out of town, and that's all good. We'll continue to promote it. And the other thing I wanted to mention is we have a great Center for Economic Development, and they wanted me to mention some of the workshops coming up. Workforce Development and Training in September, uh, Brownfield Cleanup Assistance uh, in October, and the Energy Efficiency and Low Cost Power November. If you haven't gone to our site, please go there. These uh, workshops are invaluable. And one of them, the Brownfield Cleanup, I kind of touched on earlier as a real opportunity for Niagara County. And for those people, I can tell you that if you want, uh, uh, you, if you want to take, redevelop, or reuse land that is tax delinquent, call me, I can probably get you that land. And, I'm, and, and we have the tools now to do it. As far as what I see as our biggest, our biggest challenges now, I'm not speaking as the county manager. Uh, I help a buddy of mine run the open air bar. Everyone in this room is entitled to the first free drink on Sundays at four o'clock when I'm behind the bar if you show up. And we have great wings. But I'm just gonna tell you real quick, and, and you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. After the first couple weeks of helping him, he said, look how much money I'm making. This is what I'll have at the end of the year. And I said, uh, cut that in 50 in half, please. And because uh, he had been a, a police officer his entire career. I said, you haven't even scratched the surface of what you're going to be paying. And especially at the end of the year, when, uh, you know, after you've dealt with all the fees and the regulations and you deal with the taxes. So, you know, I, I also helped run a law office in my, my past life. So I do appreciate the issues that you're struggling with. And if anyone in this room has ever had to deal with the SLA, I can tell you the conversation I had with somebody last week went exactly like this. I can't get from page two to page three, and there's no reason this is ha that, that I can't. And she said, well, I'm not really sure. And I said, I have a doctorate. I can't go from page two to page three. You need to make this simpler. And those are the types of things. Regulations, uh, 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 ordinances, rules, everything that you have to deal with. And then I think beyond that, when I take a look at uh, the struggles that businesses have, I know that what I hear, and you may have other feedback, but what I hear is the things I've kind of mentioned, property taxes, uh, um, you know, income taxes, and what do we do with the county relative to property taxes? I can tell you, and this is, and this is uh, to the credit of the legislature, uh, tax cap was implemented in 2012. The Niagara County Legislature has never exceeded the tax cap. I can tell you that I don't expect that the legislature ever will. Uh, as long as the legislators that we have there right now are in the majority of the legislature, my direction is to never produce a budget that exceeds the tax cap. Uh, but again, is that gonna, is, does that reduce your tax burden? And, and we're struggling. And the last thing I wanted to, to mention is that, and, and the senator touched on it, and so did the assemblyman. Uh, the governor's executive budget, for those of you that don't know, swept $6 million out of our budget through EFMAP money. It was enhanced uh, federal aid that we were getting uh, through 
uh, federal government uh, through the Affordable Care Act because we are one of the only states in the country that requires the counties to pay a portion of Medicaid. So we were getting this assistance and the governor's executive budget swept it administratively and to put it in perspective, our property tax levy is $82 million and $6 million is approximately eight or 9% of our entire property tax levy and we have a tax cap of 2%. So you can do the math and you can see where we're already at before we even start. And I'm mentioning it because I just wanted to, to remind everybody that this county legislature, I mean, I'm, we're gonna put a budget together that, that does not exceed the cap, but these are the kind of challenges that we continue to get, seems year in and year out. And if anything, I think it's you know going back to when the tax cap was implemented, I think it's gotten worse. And, but we will continue to deal with it because we appreciate and understand the importance of those burdens on not only our homeowners, but our business owners. Mm -hmm. And we will and we'll continue to do that. So that, does that address it? Yeah. Thank you. Unfortunately, I have to leave, so I want to touch base. Town Lewiston does not have a, a large business area. The village of Lewiston has a large business area. The town doesn't. So as far as promoting business in the town, as far as business area, we don't have a lot of that. But what we do have, and I see some real estate agents here, we do have some projects that are in the works. Um, off of Bronson Drive, there's a 104 home subdivision. Um, Dr. Perry on Vrooman Road is putting in 12 homes in the back of this property. I believe that's going to be sold to a developer. Um, we have a project off of Pletcher Road. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Between Calkins and Creek, north of Pletcher, there's a 75 home subdivision that's already been approved, already on the books, that has been dead in the water for a lot of years, and there's a developer that is working on, on reinvigorating that program or that neighborhood and developing it. So there are some future homes coming to the town. I know that's one of the biggest problems between the village and the town is housing. So we have that coming. And because I wanted to, or I have to leave, I wanted to touch base on the waste and recycling question. We had a presentation at our meeting last night for Modern Disposal. They are implementing a recycling program for the town um, that we're participating in. They are going to buy every town of Lewiston resident a 96-gallon recycling bin that will be picked up weekly. And then on top of that, they're going to be putting a recycling center, waste and recycling center, just outside the landfill. They'll accept seven days a week, tires, electronics, paint, hazardous material, any of that stuff. So everybody, we have 40 people on a waiting list at the town asking when is an electronic drop-off going to be. Um, so we're going to have a permanent location seven days a week where you can bring anything basically down there and drop it off. And if you have a home improvement project over the weekend and you don't want it to sit up in front of your house, you have a pickup truck, you can immediately take it down there and dump it into one of the dumpsters. So there is a program coming. Um, they want to implement it by late August. They uh, put it on, anybody wants to go on um, Facebook and look at our Facebook Live. We have the, uh, the town board meeting. Mike McInerney made a presentation last night at the meeting. If anybody's interested, you can watch that. But Bill Guybin's here. He'll answer any other questions, hopefully, besides retiring that you guys will have. I appreciate you having me here. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Bill? Although not elected, I'm appointed. So um, the community college 
our role, we have a significant role in economic development because we help provide a skilled, uh, educated workforce. It's critical to all the things that you do around it. Uh, the counties are sponsored through their visionary support. As you know, they support a third of our operating and a half of our capitalization program. So we have a lot of initiatives happening. Um, we're able, through their support, uh, expand our health science areas. We're going to expand our nursing program, our surge tech, our rad tech, putting in new labs. It's very exciting. Through the Law Enforcement Academy, we will articulate our um, law enforcement program uh, so when people graduate from the academy, they can also graduate from the college. Our college has the highest graduation rate of all the community colleges in the state. We also, in Western New York, our graduates have the highest medium income. This is a tribute to the hard work of uh, our faculty and staff. We appreciate that. Um, we're opening an evening college. Uh, our goal now is to be more supportive of returning adults, 25 to 45. Many of them need to be educated at night, so we'll be expanding our offerings in the evening. Uh, so far, uh, I found an 88% increase in enrollments for the fall in our evening program. So we're excited about that. So um, community colleges have the ability to respond quicker than other campuses. So we listen to what the community says, the type of programs they need and such. So uh, we're there to help. We have a person who brings in millions of dollars worth of grants. Those grants have been leveraged with support from the county and other revenues to expand our offerings. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. And because those answers were so stellar, we're now going to give our state officials an opportunity to chime in. We're going to jump to category number two and ask our state leaders the following. The Upward Niagara Chamber of Commerce is a catalyst for business growth. Our small businesses are faced with inflation on all levels. What can be done to help businesses navigate the increases in minimum wage that are imposed? How can our business and community leaders help stay in this conversation on workforce issues? All right, we have two state leaders here in the room. I'll give Nancy a, a break here representing uh, Assemblyman Norris, but um, I can turn the, the microphone over. Answer to your first question, raise your prices. Uh, I know that sounds a little sarcastic, but what was passed in Albany this year will not help businesses because they tied it to inflation and the minimum wage. You have no way of being able to go forward and focus. So in answer to your question, and this is just a personal feeling, you're going to have to figure out a way to navigate the taxes, the expenses, the obligations, the holidays, there's two new holidays now. You're going to have to learn how to navigate the lack of employees coming. So it's not an answer, but it's the reality of what we're facing. New York City is taking our way of life away from us. And I'm going to be, I've got to be a little bit critical, and I'm very sorry. Okay? But what has happened is there is a group out of New York City that has taken over the majority. The majority is split, and they come up because it's one party rule, and they have the ability to pass anything they want. There are things that are being passed that will directly, negatively,
to do what your business is. My feeling is we've got to keep going as we are. Lewiston is so focused. So how do you overcome it? The additional recruitments that you have around us. Take Lewiston. Niagara Falls has the falls. You've got uh, Ransomville. Ransomville has the farms. They've got the wineries. Uh, Porter. Porter has the park. Porter has a quality and way of life. I have Grand Island. The point I'm getting at is let's focus on the assets and maybe bring more business in. That's where the shuttle is helping. That's where we're extending it to the farms. We're getting those that are at Four Mile Creek that would normally not be able to venture into town will now be able to not only come to town, but they'll be going to the farmer's market. That shuttle will take from Four Mile Creek, it'll go to uh, Tom Towers, Sanger Farms, and then it'll proceed to Main Street in Youngstown where they can take the other shuttle, come into Lewiston, and come um, up above the hill to the falls. So my feeling is, in answer to that question, Josh, focus on the other attractions that we have. Bring more business in, because that's the only way you're, you're ever going to overcome it. And like I said, we don't know what the inflation rate's going to be. So as you're planning your next year with your employees, you have no idea. One other thing to be alerted to, most servers and bartenders want tips. There's a move to eliminate the tip credit. That's where basically a business can play less than the minimum wage, but they have to be able to guarantee that the employee will make at least minimum wage. Most of your servers that want to work, they'll make a good book. It's a, it's, it's a head of household position. I remember years ago, I used to have to go to New York City for meetings. We went to a place called The Palm. The Palm is a famous restaurant in New York. I'm saying 20 years ago, the waiters were making 100 to 150,000 a year because they gave service. What we're running into, and I know all of you in the restaurant business, store business, are having difficulty getting employees. So again, I'm going to go back to what I said before. Be alert. Pay attention to what is happening because I get people coming to me telling me, when did this happen? Well, it's been progressing over the last four, five, six, seven years, but until it hits you, you don't really pay attention. So what I'm going to ask in my message is, read the articles, stay alert, because we have to start pushing back against some of the bad things. The senator said some good things and some bad things in Albany. But unfortunately, the bad things will affect every single business and every single taxpayer. Thank you. There's no way I can top that, so I'll just, I'll get ready for the next one. Well, Assembly Minute, Senator, you gave us some very insightful opening comments on the casino issue. We're going to revisit that now. The question is, creating new solutions, empowering positive change for everyone in the community requires that we seek out new paths and new partnerships wherever we can. Can you give us a further update on the Casino Compact and how it affects our neighboring communities and some of the nonprofit organizations in this room? Sure. Um, so this is... I could probably be here. In fact, uh, the Assemblyman and I are going to be, you might see us on TV in the coming weeks. We're going to be doing a press conference on this issue. Um, so I, I'm going to be a little critical 
because I know uh, Jennifer, and I want to thank her on, on numerous times, she said, we're not putting anybody on the spot. But we live on the spot, okay? That's just where it is. Like, if you have an elected official who doesn't want to be on the spot, then they should probably seek out a different line of work. Uh, because that's the point, is you're supposed to be on the spot, because all of you are on the spot every day as business owners. You don't get to, you know, fade away. You have to take care of your folks. So I'm going to be a little critical. The compact, you're talking about something that, that, that represents hundreds of millions of dollars to the state of New York, which currently spends $229 billion of your dollars. That's our current state budget, 229 Now you might think, I don't know, what does that mean? Well, Texas and Florida, if you put their budgets together, it would be less than the state of New York's by itself. What does that mean? Well, if you pulled out one of those states, they have more people than the state of New York does, both of them. In fact, Florida has more New Yorkers than New York does, but that's a different conversation. California spends, we spend one and a half, now California's a big state, similar philosophy as far as the governing of that state. We spend one and a half times more per person than California does. So, New York, is very expensive, and I think is maybe, I would even argue, is poorly run as far as from a stewardship of your tax dollars. So having said that, for a second, hundreds of millions of dollars are at stake if this compact does not get done. The governor, and this is where the critical part's coming, the governor no doubt understands the importance of the compact. She's a Western New Yorker, she's served in Congress, she was a local official. Um, she, I, I guess, was forced to recuse herself from the negotiations. Now, why? Because her husband works for Delaware North. Delaware North has significant gaming interests in the state of New York, and their interests would run counter to the Seneca Nation. So she recused herself. Now that might sound well and good. Probably is it would literally be like if we got down, I'll use a football analogy. We got down to the five yard line and Josh Allen said, I can't play this series of drives. It's, it's, the, the game is on the line. I, I can't do it. I, have a con I can't do it. So I'm going to withdraw. We'll put the backup quarterback in. If the backup quarterback threw a touchdown, nobody would care. But if the backup quarterback threw an interception and we lost the game, everyone would ask, rightfully so, why wasn't Josh Allen playing that drive? With hundreds of millions of dollars on the line for the state, and with tens of millions of dollars on the line for Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and Salonika, the governor was not involved. Okay? Her staff, who worked for her, but her staff negotiated the deal with the Senecas. That deal, by all accounts, now with Angelo and I had not ever seen the deal. We were asked to vote on a bill that would authorize the governor to enter into an agreement. But that deal that was leaked out included a, the ability for the Senecas to build a casino, a new casino, in the city of, or in and around the Rochester area in Monroe County. The slight problem was that no one in Rochester knew this. Literally, the mayor, the city council, the state senators, the state assembly members, the county legislatures, no one knew. When it got out, it was a problem. 
particularly the Assembly, because they had not yet voted on the Compact Authorization Bill. And ultimately, they didn't vote on the Compact Authorization Bill, because the Monroe delegation is it's, it's seemingly unequivocally opposed to a casino in Rochester. You know who else is opposed to it? Delaware North is opposed to it, because they run the Racino in the Finger Lakes, and no doubt a casino in Rochester would be bad for them. But a casino in Rochester could also be bad for Niagara, and I'll tell you why. Niagara derives a considerable portion, or not a considerable portion, but they derive a large enough portion of revenue from Western OTB and Batavia Downs. A casino in Rochester is going to take out 25 to 30% of the revenue from Batavia Downs. And that money is probably not going to come back to Niagara County from the Rochester Casino. So all of that I, I bring up to show you, what, A, how convoluted this is, but also the importance at this moment of strong leadership to get this done. And the legislature, basically the assembly, including allies of the governor, right here in Buffalo, Democratic allies like Michael Wallace and Crystal People Stokes would not get this bill on the floor. That is bad news for the governor. I'm just going to tell you the straight hardcore politics. If I had a Republican ally from back home that I've known for a long time and I can't count on them, that's not a great sign because the New York City crowd are not allies of hers. Democrats are not, they're not. Um, and so anyways, this didn't get done. And now it's quite a question mark of whether it will get done or how it will get done. The city of Niagara Falls stands to lose at this moment tens of, oh, I should say millions of dollars. If there's no deal, tens of millions of dollars. Um, when I say that they're gonna lose money anyways is because the, the compact reportedly the amount the Seneca has paid the state currently is 25%. So 25% of their revenue goes to the state of New York. 25% of that goes to the city of Niagara Falls. They were reported to pay 9.7% in the first year, and then 19, per, I think 19.5 or 19.7 in the other 19 years. If there is no Rochester Casino, I can promise you this, that number, is going to go this way. Less money going to the state means less money coming to Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and Salt Lake. So real impacts for the city, for the school district, for the hospital, and for the tourism agency that we, that we just talked about, the shuttle and all that kind of stuff. So there's real negative impacts if we don't get this done. And unfortunately, we left session. Um, and no, no fault of anyone in this room, but we did not get that done. Again, I'm calling on the governor. She has to get this done. Um, recusal or not, she has an obligation to all of us. She can't recuse herself from being the governor of New York. There is no clause for that. You have to do the job. You get measured by what you get on the scoreboard. When you're a legislator, we have legislators in this room, we get measured, you know, we're working, we got some things done, we're advocating for other things. It's a different measuring stick. When you are an executive, it runs bad in. Did you get this done? Did you not get this done? It's a very simple sort of zero-sum measuring, and the governor needs to get this done for Western New York. She needs to get this done, um, and I don't know what I don't know what that's going to look like. So I know the judge and I are calling on uh, a hold harmless, if you would, for Niagara Falls, for Buffalo, Salamanca, um, that whatever gets negotiated 
we believe the city of Niagara Falls, and I would encourage others, um, should still see a certain level of funding that we have seen. Because we host this casino, there's a cost to hosting the casino, there's a cost to all those stakeholders that we talked about, uh, and we have to make sure that they continue. If Niagara Falls Memorial does not receive any more casino funding, that will have a negative impact on healthcare access to underserved populations in the city of Niagara Falls. Full stop. If the school district doesn't continue to get it, that'll have a trickle-down effect. So there's real implications. There's a lot of money on the line. Uh, that's where it is right now. Again, the Senate did pass the compact authorization and the 99H. That was before all the details started to leak out. And then the Assembly uh, Democrats, the Assembly Speaker, held up the compact. And the governor, to this point, has not been able to get it through. So that's where that is. I went on a little longer than I wanted to. I apologize. But it is not an easy thing to talk about in just uh, a minute or two. Thank you. For our next question, we're going to open it up to the floor. And I will ask each and every one of you if you'd like to take a crack at this. Preserving and enhancing our natural resources, such as parks, trails, and waterways, is vital for both tourism and quality of life. What measures is our community undertaking to protect and maintain these assets? And how can the chamber contribute to their conservation? So I'll, I'll start this prompt by um, talking about our park, which is just down the road in our community here. A lot of improvements have been made to our park recently, and we're finding more people who are utilizing the um, the fishing in that area, the trails, and um, it's helping. They're coming to our office looking for more information and more places that they can can do that. And I know I'm, I'm not going to put Frank on the spot, but again, you're not elected leader, but you're a board member. Frank has done some amazing things in our area to promote the fishing industry and to keep our water safe and to keep the fishing going. Um, it's an industry that is 365, 365 days a year. There are fishermen in that water. You can find them at Tin Pan, usually by noon um, during the week. But um, it's important that our businesses and our chamber continue to stay involved in our natural resources and protecting our trails and waterways and, and parks uh, because they all lead to um, an industry that is here every day that we rely on. Um, I'll open it up for any other discussion with this. We have a few more questions I, you know, uh, to ask. Probably one more we have time for, but if anyone wanted to expand upon that. Duffy? This is a question for Josh. Our park down at Fort Island Lake, right next door is Four Mile Creek State Park, and they have over 80,000 visitors a year. I was camping there Memorial Day weekend, and uh, Sentinel had my dad on a cover for the hometown heroes. So I went into the office and I said, hey, can I have a Sentinel? Yeah, I want to look at it. We don't have any here. I go, what do you mean you don't have any here? She goes, don't. If anybody can get them, you can. So, Went back to the campsite and I thought about it. I went to the town of Porter and I picked up probably 20 and brought them down there. My thought process is that in your Sentinel, you have a bunch of the local businesses here. You have uh, stuff going on all the time here. The shuttle coming down down there now. And the people need to know where they can go and come to the Gallo or, or come to Tin Pan or, or come to a festival. And the paper's not down there. So I'm going to need a bunch of them. So then I'll, I'll drop them all personally because I, I talked and they said that you know, there's problems with delivery guys, but if I get them at the town quarter, 
I'll bring down 50 of them and drop them off down there so the campers got it. And it's a good thing for you know, our community. We love that campground. Very good, and I will put in a shameless plug for my newspaper and say that we are completely free and completely online. I believe we are the only newspaper with no paywall. In any case, our last question again is open to the audience, and what we would like to know is, what are some of the barriers to economic development in Niagara County as a region, and how can we become part of the solution? So we have a lot of small business owners here in the room, and this is a, a chance to give you an opportunity to state what is keeping you up at night and see if there's resources for the chamber to help you, um, or perhaps make a connection with some of our elected leaders to help you. Um, I know there's a lot of different issues that come up and, and our chamber's been addressing them. At our last board meeting, I think we Matt helped us facilitate a great talk about um, the economy and how it's affecting our, our members and our businesses. And those are the things that we want to get and delve deep into is finding what's keeping you up at night as your business, uh, as a business owner and seeing how we can provide the solutions for that. Um, we have the benefit of having some board members here in the room tonight, uh, today, this afternoon, um, that have really helped us strive to work through a strategic plan to address these issues. And I got a hot mic here, so you want it? <laughs> um, I'll give you the opportunity at this time. Maybe not. In any case, we are always available to, um, to come to, to give some uh, stop in our office to give us your input. Maybe you don't have an answer now as to what is really affecting your business, but stop in any time. We bring it to our board of directors. They meet um, every other month and are really focused on making sure the small business issues are taken care of and that we can provide solutions for you. I want to thank all of our, oh yes, we have, we have a taker. I just want to say that I am usually at work every day. My cell phone is published and I'm always there available for anyone that needs to talk to me about their business or festivals or problems on a sidewalk, anything. We're always there, so always feel free to call us. You can call the office or like I say, my cell phone number is published. And yes, I do get calls at 10, 11 o'clock at night. So, and I do take them. So, if anybody has any questions, please reach out to me. Thanks. Well, at this time, I want to thank everybody for coming. Let's give a round of applause for elected leaders and Josh for helping us facilitate this today. Thank you, Josh. This is our first one. We hope to, this is a start of many. Um, at this time, we're going to say the lunch is done. There's a lot of cannoli and brownies and coffee. We have time to network and mingle, and I just want to say thank you for um, coming, and thank you for spending your afternoon with us. Thank you.